0: Hey, this is Mr. Anderson, Anderson, and you are listening to Two Out of Three Falls.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What up? You know, it's uh, Peter Rosenberg, Hot 97, ESPN,
0: WWE Network, Cheap Heat Podcast. Um, let's see what else I got. Mad jobs out here, but right now, talking all things wrestling. With my man, Randy Cruz, the Cruise Control Podcast. Sit back and stay mage. You're listening to Cruise Control with Randy Cruz.
1: This is the voice of the new world order. NWO. And the neopuric secrets of WCW Network. Graham Matthews, Bleacher Report, Fan Sighted, Daily DDT. My man, how you doing? Doing great, Randy. How about yourself? Doing good, man. Can't complain. You can follow Graham on Twitter at WrestleRant. You can follow me on Twitter at Randy J Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. And you can find the two out of three falls podcasts on the Cruise Control Podcast Network on SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes. So, Graham... Um, To me, not much to really talk about in the world of professional wrestling. Um, I know we had the Great American Bash uh, night one, we had Fighter Fest night one, some other things. So, let's start with that. So, um, I did not see, you know, for the record, I did not see Fighter Fest. Uh, I might have skimmed through it here and there, but in in totality, I did not uh, see it. The only thing I saw from both shows was. The Main event for the Great American Bash with uh EO Shirai and Sasha Banks. Um, let's start as off- I figured you would, <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's start off with Fighter Fest. So you, 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 uh, you told me you, you, that you saw both shows. So we had um, real quick Jurassic uh, Express defeated MJF and Wardlow. Um, Sheeta defeated Penelope Ford, Cody beat uh, Jake Hager, Private Party beat The Inner Circle, and Omega and Paige defeated the, the best friend. So, what would you take on night one of Fighter Fest?
0: I thought it was a good show, I enjoyed it overall Um, I planned on watching Fighter Fest first this week over NXT and then NXT first next week just because of the two cards um, the Fighter Fest cards seemed more appealing on paper, Mm -hmm. and there were a lot of good matches on the show, it wasn't a pay-per-view level show Um, this was never supposed to be a pay-per-view, I think as a TV special it was perfect, no filler some very good matches um, nothing I would write home about, like for example I thought Penelope Ford's uh, performance against Akira Shida was great. I thought she had a really good outing. Um, The opener was fine. The main event, just um, the Kenny Omega-Adam Page versus Best Friends match was good. It was actually a very good entertaining main event. I was expecting it to hit that next level. Um, Not like what the Bucks and Omega and Page did back at the Revolution pay-per-view in February, which people are still calling the greatest tag team match in the history of this fucking company. Or not company. (laughs) Well, company, but the country, which is ridiculous. Um, But anyway, I thought it was an amazing match. This didn't quite reach that level, not that it was ever going to. But I don't know. I didn't really feel like a main event level worthy match. And obviously not having crowds there hurts, but that goes for NXT too. That's been the case for months now. So that doesn't really bother me as much anymore. But I thought it was a good show. Um, Not must see, not to say Great American Bash was must see either. But for what they were, I thought both shows were very enjoyable for Fighter Fest specifically. It was good. Um, I thought Cody and Hager, just I didn't give a fuck about that match, to be honest with you. It was all right. It was decent. But I have no interest in seeing cody rhodes versus jack swagger a match i could have seen on wwe superstars five years ago you know so it it was fine nothing really more to it than that but i enjoyed the show overall
1: so is there a match uh, i know i take both i have both on dvr so is, is there a match from from night one that i had that i had to go back and check it out
0: that's the thing. I really don't think like, oh, man, this is a must-see match. Like, it was a good night of wrestling. Um, there wasn't one match that I would say, oh, man, you need to see this. I would say the best match of the show was probably, surprisingly, Hikura Shida versus Penelope for the women's match for the title. Mm-hmm. Um, Shida is great. She's easily the best women's wrestler they have. I like Britt Baker as a character. Nyla Rose is improving. I mean, but Sheeta is the complete package. Uh, she has a great look. She can go in the ring. She's awesome. So, and uh, yeah, I thought she really brought the best out of Penelope Ford here, who had a great performance. That was probably my favorite slash best match of the show. Again, the other matches were good, but they weren't like anything better than what we would normally see on Dynamite. The mm-hmm. Cody and Hager match was easily the weakest match in the entire show. That was a <laughs> snore fest for me. Um, I just don't. I mean, I think Hager is like the heavy and inner circle is fine. But anything beyond that, I just, I've just i never really seen him as being anything special. He was really over like five or six years ago as the We the People babyface, whatever. Mm-hmm. But other than that, he's never really been an exceptional talent, to say the least. Um, that being said, though, I thought the opener again was good. I hate the fact they're already teasing tension between MJF and Wardlow. It's way too soon for that. I don't know why they're even considering that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so hopefully that was merely a red herring. The Santana-Ortiz versus private party match. It was good. The thing is, do with their tag team division, is that no one really feels special, aside from maybe the Young Bucks. They have a lot of great teams, but when you have a lot of great teams, no one feels special. That's the problem. Like right. when you have, I mean, for WWE's tag team division, it's not in great shape either. They don't right. have a lot of great teams, but at least the New Day feels special to a certain extent. Or even the Street Profits, do. Maybe, and maybe not. Maybe I, I could see not a lot of people agreeing with that. But, like, private party, they win and lose so much, it's like, who really cares? Santana and Ortiz, same thing. And, again, the main event I thought was good. But if there's any one match to go out of your way to see, it's probably Sheeta versus Ford, in my opinion
1: so not a five star night you say (laughs) not at all and i will mention
0: this real quick i saw this earlier today as i was mentioning to you before we went live here that Mm -hmm. dave Meltzer put up his ratings for the show now do i look at his ratings religiously honestly i don't really give a shit um i thought just for shits and giggles i would share with you what he gave for each match including great american bash too and I mean, Fighter Fest is one thing. It's like, okay, he obviously viewed the matches very highly. But then when you look at the ratings for Great American Bash, you would think it was a fucking Great American Bash from like 2005 that had like Charlie Haas versus Luther Reigns on it. Like he was not kind to that show at all for the most part. Um, Fighter Fest, he gave like three four-star matches to, being the opener, Sheedon Ford and Cody and Hager, none of which were a four-star match at all. So I'm not really sure where he's getting that from. The Cody and Hager match is laughable. I mean, four stars. I mean, I've seen better matches on fucking on on the third hour of Raw in the last year than, <laughs> than Cody and Hager. Um, Santana and Ortiz and Private Party was a three and a half. I would give it a solid three, maybe. Uh-huh. In the main event, he gave 3.75, which I think is also too high. So he clearly biases AEW, and it was a good show, but it was far from, like, the greatest show I've seen, the greatest episode of Dynamite of all time.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow! Oh um, I mean, yeah! I mean, listen, man. We you know we can go back and forth, and the people who support AEW. Listen, man. I, me and you are fans. We want everybody to do well, but I think when you got to call a spade a spade, and when these people who cover the sport um, give out the ratings of who won between AEW and NXT in this quote-unquote ratings war, and then you start throwing out demographics, and you know this demo and this, it's like listen. When Nitro went up against Raw, nobody gave a shit about the, the demographics. T- to my knowledge, it was like who won, who 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 had the most fans, uh, ratings for that for that night, and we keep it moving the following week. It, it was mm-hmm. never Nitro won the eighteen to thirty five demographic when Goldberg beat Hogan. Like we, we weren't doing that. Obviously, it, tech tech is different. Um, you know, back then to 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 now, but it's like now when you see AEW. Loses to NXT by like let's say twenty five thousand viewers, but AW won in the, in the certain demographics. Like, like which one are we really paying paying a, a, a mind to? The more people who watch the show, or a certain age group, and it's like sometimes it's, 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 it's cool, it's funny, it's laughable, and I'm like, dude, man, like all the Meltzer and Brian Alvarez, man. Let's listen, man. I get it, you. You're, you're, you're big fans of AEW, and, and that's fine, but like sometimes when you show the bias, it's like, hey, but now when you were in love with NXT for all those years before AEW got there, you, you were doing the same thing to them as, you, as what you're doing to AEW now. So now it's like maybe you want this this company to succeed, um, sure. But when you out outright show the bias you have towards them to a certain wrestler or tag team or whatever case may be, it's like damn, man! Like no matter what NXT does or Great American Batch or whatever, it's like you're always gonna favor AEW and or, or, or have a reason or an excuse why they lost the rating. But when, when NXT lose the rating, it, it, it's not really a, a reason why you 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 put out there. So. You know, when you mentioned about Meltzer and the ratings, and uh, you know, I see, it, I see it all the time on Twitter, man. It's, it's it's cool, it's funny. And I'm just like, man, back in the day, nobody gave a shit about that. Now it's like demographics or whatnot. But I don't care about the demographics. Like, okay, mm-hmm. 18, 18 to 35, 18 to 40, cool. Like, as long as I see 800,000 to 735,000, that's what it matters to me.
0: Exactly. I got to give you credit, too, because you called it. I think you quote tweeted the Alvarez tweet when he said that NXT won this week over Dynamite. And then you said, oh, here comes the demos tweet. And no more than maybe five (laughs) minutes later, they put it the fucking demos tweet. I hate that. I hate it. I mean, I'm not going to say, again, I think NXT was the better show of the two, um, albeit not by much, but I thought it was the better show this week. There's a lot of weeks where Dynamite's the better show. The ratings are interesting. Um, They're nothing, uh, you know, uh, hang your hat on at all. I mean, it's really not that big of a deal. Dude, we're talking about 700,000 people. I mean, the Monday night, is this really a war if we're really trading, like, a million viewers when, like, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, it would have been fucking 20 million or something or 15 million? Like, that's nothing, so... Um, The the numbers are a joke in the grand scheme of things compared to where wrestling used to be. The fucking ECW version of WWE – I'm sorry, the WWE version of ECW, excuse me, did twice the amount of ratings that the current shows do on Wednesday night. So it's like these shows don't even really mean anything ratings-wise. But anyway, to mention what – to kind of go off what you're mentioning – about the ratings, the demos? It is funny because every time Dynamite wins, I don't see a demo. I just see, oh, uh, Dynamite wins and NXT loses for the 50th week in a row. But then when Dynamite wins, ho, 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 I mean when Dynamite loses rather – the demos, of course, got to come out because you got to show that Dynamite won somewhere. And then Jericho, I mean, the guy is a troll, so I, I mean, he does that on purpose <laughs> to kind of yeah. stir the pot. And he's always done that. He called NXT developmental, or which it is, and he called it like a, the minor leagues about a year ago because that's what he's going to do to steer people towards AEW or to kind of get people talking and whatever, which is, you know, I, that makes sense. But, I mean, he was mentioning or other people are mentioning that the demos are more important than the ratings This it's all a matter of who's watching or, you know, what demographic is watching, not exactly how many people are watching. Dude, who gives a fuck? Who gives a shit? NXT1, just say that. That doesn't matter. I really have no interest in, in going on and breaking down the demos because if we weren't doing that before when, when Dynamite went, you know, so many weeks in a row, why would we do that now? And like you said, 20 years ago, people weren't saying, oh, the 50-year-olds were all watching WCW, but the 20- to 30-year-olds were watching Raw. Like,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I, I, I wasn't around back then, so I have no idea. You would know better than me. But I don't remember that ever being a discussion about the demos with Nitro versus Raw. It was all about, we did a bigger rating than you. That's fine. Whether the show is better or not, the rating was better. Congrats to Dynamite for doing well for so long. NXT's had a very good show the last couple weeks. Mm -hmm. It's cool to see them winning. I would be shocked. If they don't win next week again for the third straight week, I will be embarrassed just because they don't have Moxley and and Cage on that show anymore for Fighter Fest night, too. They don't have their world championship match. And you look at NXT, it's a good show overall, but that main event, I mean... If you're not watching Keith Lee versus Adam Cole over – versus what? Let me check my notes here. Joey Janela versus Lance Archer or Nyla Rose versus a mystery opponent. I don't really know what to say. Um, That's a no-brainer to me. But, yeah, the ratings, the demos – does it even really fucking matter? Like it just—it doesn't. As far there's nothing I can do. All I can do is just watch the shows. But the demo shit means nothing to me because I feel like that shit comes out just when they want to give dynamite an excuse for why they lost.
1: Right. So like, um, like an hour ago, um, I did see this picture on on Twitter from one of my followers. So basically, when it came to the Sasha Banks EO Shirai main event going up against the uh, Omega Paige and the best friends main event. I, I'm assuming they, they both happen at the same time. So, Melson mm-hmm. wrote that uh, 900,000 people was watching Shirai and Banks and on TNT for their main event, 645,000 were watching. Woof. But AEW still had the advantage in 18-49 by 316,000 to 309,000. But it's like why does that part matter? More people cares, saw the main yeah, event. People
0: are people. It doesn't matter if it's a 10-year-old watching or a 49-year-old it's watching. Like,
1: it's a fucking viewer.
0: You like, know what I'm saying? Like, Who gives a shit? I mean, honestly, right. that rating is more important because I, maybe they're the ones that are going to buy the merch or something. I, I'm, I'm sure there's a reason. I'm sure there's a reason why that's the most important demographic. Yeah, like, but like, it just doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Like, Who gives a shit? <laughs> if, if it's a 30-year-old guy watching Dynamite or a 60-year-old dude that's just a fan of wrestling tuning into NXT who gives a shit dude does it really matter and i know that whole system is outdated anyway
1: but yeah it just it doesn't make any sense to me i I personally don't care about it to me the fact that imagine the night that mick foley won the title from the rock on raw right sure and then you know shivani does the comment and then everybody just switches to watch mankind win the belt now just imagine that in a ratings war yeah um Mankind and The Rock had a million people watching. Over 500,000 people changed from Nitro to Raw uh, to switch to their main event as opposed to watching um, Nash and Hogan in that finger poker of Doom. But Nitro still won the demographics for that night. Like, no, more people saw Mankind and The Rock for the title than Hogan and Nash. I don't care about the demographic, I don't care. Imagine, imagine mm-hmm. saying that back then, uh, what, fucking almost 20 years ago. Now it's like, again, it, it to me, to be point blank, it's not, it's not a war. I, I, I I, don't, I, I just don't see it yet. Could it, could it get to that point? Sure. The pandemic hit, that, that kind of fucked everything up. But a real war, when you get over a million, 1.5, 2 million people watching your product, um, I think it's a ratings competition. It's not a war. You're fighting over the same audience every single week. You're fighting over 1.5 million in total. Raw was getting 1, 1.52 million more per 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 show back in the day, and more than that, and Nitro. So what kind of war are, are we talking about now? You break it down like, see now, don't try to diminish Io Shirai and Banks on getting more people watching their match than the um, the tag match. That, that includes one of your, your 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 top stars in Omega by throwing out a fucking age demographic. Nah, like don't don't do that. Don't diminish what Io e. Shirai on four four to five days of pr- uh, promotion for that Great American Badges happened. Like oh, last week. Oh, we're doing this. Mm-hmm. And by the way, Banks and Io e. Shirai are, are the main event. Fight Fest been been promoting this shit for for, for quite a few time uh, few weeks now. And on on the four days of promotion. You get over 300,000 people watching your main event like, all right, so who, whose fault is that? Not the fucking demographic. Yeah, no,
0: exactly. I, I I don't know. I just, the whole demographic thing, we weren't talking about this before. I mean, I, I, just, as far as I know, I wasn't really paying too much attention to the ratings over the last couple of years or so when it comes to Raw. I mean, I, I, I see the ratings. I don't really go into the, the in-depth analysis as to, oh, who did this? I just see a number. NXT did better than Dynamite this week. I see Dynamite did better than NXT. That's all I need to know. Right. It doesn't even really matter because, again, they're, they're two great shows. Is it really a war when they're not doing over a million viewers each? I mean, a war is a war, but the answer is no. I mean, it, just, it's, it's, it doesn't really matter. They're two great shows that you can choose to watch which one, whatever you like. Watch the other one right afterward. I don't know. I just don't really see the difference that it makes. But uh yeah, when they're when they're exchanging, oh, a couple ten thousand viewers, like does it really matter? Like is that a big difference? When they drop a hundred thousand viewers, yeah, I guess that's a that's a pretty big deal, obviously, but beyond that I think people to put too much stock or put way too much stock into the ratings. I mean obviously they're important if the ratings tanked both shows would be canceled there are significant changes would be made um, the company has every reason to worry about the ratings as far as we're consumed as, as far as we're consumed I would definitely just say you know watch the shows whatever and uh, you know just play our parts as fans but other than that I don't really look too much into the ratings because to me it just hardly matters.
1: Um, real quick, so we got Night 2 uh, fighter Fest. I, I, I'm going to get the, to the batch in a second. So we, we, uh, we'll have Jericho and Orange Cassidy, Lance Archer, Joe Janela, Nyla Rose against somebody, Coca Banna and the Dark Order against uh, SoCal Uncensored, FTR and the Young Bucks against the Butcher and the Blade and the Lucha Brothers and Kenny Omega and Adam Page once again in the main event against the uh, private party for the tag team Title so that'll be night two. Um, Great American Bash had Tegan Nox defeat Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai and Mia Mia Yim. Timothy Thatcher defeated Oni Larkin. Rhea Ripley defeated uh, with uh, Aaliyah and Robert Stone. Dexter Loomis defeated Rod or uh, Roderick Strong and Io Shirai defeated Sasha Banks. So I did not see any of those except the main event. Uh, by design maybe but I I was doing something and I caught just the main event just in time I thought the main event was good Um, what did you make of night one from the Great American Bash uh, NXT it was a good show too again if you say that Fighter Fest was better than Great American Bash I mean both
0: shows were good so there really is no right or wrong here But I thought overall it was a good show. I very much enjoyed the main event. That was easily the best match on the show between Banks and Shirai, first time ever. Um, The strap match I thought was better than I thought it would be. I'm not a big strap match guy between uh, Roderick Strong and Dexter Lumis, though. I thought they did well. I thought they made the most of the stipulation. They had a good match. Um, The handicap match I could give two shits about. It was entertaining. It was a fine comedy match, but... Rhea Ripley going from facing Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania to now fucking facing Aaliyah and the former Robbie E from TNA is completely ridiculous. I mean, it's a joke, so um, that was what it was. Oni Lorcan, Timothy Thatcher, very good match, and the opening four-way was also very good, too. So, yeah, I enjoyed the show. I also will say I like the set for both shows. Fighter Fest having the beach theme again, a lot like Bash at the beach, but whatever. And then for Great American Bash, having the red, white, and blue balloons, the red, white, and blue ropes, the red, white, and blue um car and everything else. It was a really cool looking set. So I enjoyed the show overall.
1: Real quick, so I, uh, I just to your point earlier about uh Well Meltzer and the ratings per match for both shows. So not, I you you've probably seen it but uh the first time I'm seeing this. So he gave the Jurassic MJF match four point two five, Ford and Sheeta for Cody and Hager four. Ortiz and Santana private party three and a half. Best friends. Uh, Paige and Omega three point seven five. Great American Bash. Uh, the Fatal Four Way two point seven five. Lorkin Thatcher three three and a half. Aaliyah Stone and Ripley one. Loomis Strong one and a half. Banks Sharad three point seven five. Yep. Damn. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah like i said I, dude i just think he was a little again it's it's one guy's opinion the guy can think whatever he wants but people clearly hold his opinion in very high regard and, and rightfully so he usually gets it right more often than not gee i, I like do you don't, know i don't so.
1: i don't understand how like bro before aw got their own show and everything like Meltzer and these guys were just loving NXT to the point to the point where they were saying their show, the takeovers are better than, than than SummerSlam and WrestleMania's and you know, more people would would, would rather see takeover in, in those shows than the fucking main event on, on the on the May roster. Now AEW's in the fold and you make it seem like no nobody wants to see NXT. Like what's up?
0: Well, to be fair. What you said is not wrong about the takeovers being better sometimes than the main roster pay-per-views. That is almost a fact. But that being said, that's not to say that isn't the case anymore. The takeovers are still very good. I mean, putting aside the whole current circumstances and the pandemic and whatever, the takeovers are still some of the best shows you'll see all year. Right. I think it's the weekly shows that people have an issue with. Mm. But the problem, dude, is that the shows were never – Must see TV to begin with, maybe in the last year. The shows have been infinitely better, in my opinion, Mm. since they went live. I mean, at at some point you have to grow. What I didn't understand was back in September when people were whining and bitching and complaining about NXT going two hours live every week. At some point, do they have to grow. What are they gonna stay in NXT or the, on the WWE network forever at one hour? Like with the roster that they have, there is no way that they can ever go back to, to having a one-hour show. They have too many titles, too many people, too many storylines. Not every show is amazing. Some show are some shows are weaker than others, and it definitely hurts not having an audience there. But NXT is still a very good show. If you say Dynamite's the better show week to week, I agree, but if I had to choose between an AEW pay per view or a takeover, I'd probably go takeover. The AEW pay per views have been very good so far. I've yet to see anything less than a great takeover. The Great American Bash wasn't a takeover, nor should it have been. It was a it was a very good episode of NXT. Is what I would call it as a as a two week special as what they're promoting it as. It was very good so far from what we've seen from night one, part one, whatever. Right. But um, the takeovers are still some of the best shows all year aside from like the New Japan stuff from what I've heard I don't watch Wrestle Kingdom but those are consistently the show of the year for a lot of people in wrestling but other than those I think the takeovers are the best like I, I, I was at Double or Nothing last year the first Vegas show they did mm. and <clears throat> people were calling it one of the greatest pay-per-views of all time no one's talking about it a year later I fucking doubt that like <laughs> I, will, I will say this Randy I will take and I was at both shows I will take TakeOver Brooklyn one over double or nothing Any day of the week Right Any day of the week Like it's not even close And again I hate to even compare the two Because then people come out Of the woodwork Saying oh fuck this show We love this one Blah 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 mm-hmm. But people shouldn't be Saying that better than NXT either They shouldn't be saying Oh fuck AEW is better Like why can't we just Enjoy both shows Like that just doesn't Really make much sense to me I have issues with what Both brands do um, you know, sometimes more than others. like I don't really understand the current power rankings in NXT or in uh, Aew. Like they had Private Party and Santana and Ortiz fight for the number one contendership for the tag titles, yet like Santana and Ortiz aren't even ranked. Like, I'm not really sure how that works. Mm. Um, it's it's just bizarre. And NXT, again, not all their storylines light the world on fire either. The Charlotte Flair title run was a complete waste of time and a flop. So again, they're not perfect either. The Aaliyah, Robert Stone, Rhea Ripley stuff is just a waste of time too. But, um, yeah, to going back to what you were saying, it, it is kind of funny how NXT was like the hottest thing in wrestling, and it still is a very good show, but mm-hmm. people, not everyone, but a, a segment of the audience have definitely turned their attention to AEW, praising literally everything they do, and it's, it's to me, sickening to say.
1: And uh, night two of the Great American Bash will have Adam Cole, Keith Lee in a winner-take-all uh, championship match. You got Mia Yim and Candice LeRae in a street fight. And so far, Brizongo against El Legado del the Fantasma in a six-man tag match. So the only three matches so far. It, it might end up being three matches. We just don't know. But right, that that'll be night two for the Great American Bash. Um, I, I think what I take away from all this the fact that you know there are. Listen, man. You know I'm 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 a big Sasha Banks fan and. Uh, a lot, a lot of people I follow on Twitter are, are also Sasha Banks fans, and there are many out there. And I feel like, um, it's like the question I want to ask is like, like she's been on fire, man. She's been on a roll. She's been getting her opportunities. You get Io Shirai one week. She, she she'll get uh Oscar at Extreme Rules, which I think she would win that match. Um current tag champion um, I, I don't know whether it's the, it's the pandemic, Becky being out, they they overused Charlotte to a degree and now it's Sasha's turn, what is it that you feel like has been like so far in 2020, the, the, the momentum shifted in, in favor of the Baileys and Sasha Banks where, you know, a year ago, man she was tag champion and she, then she lost it, I, I guess the Iconics of WrestleMania and she went away for a couple of months, and we just just didn't know where her head was at, and coming back, and all this kind of stuff, and she came back different, uh, re reinvigorated as a heel. But right mm-hmm. now, she's just like pretty much untouchable. Like she she could be the champion against Oscar next week or whatever the, the show is. So, what do you take away? What, like, what's the pinpoint thing that you could say? Why? this sudden uh incarnation of sasha banks watches on fire and what led to her being this kind of way for the character well i think the heel turn
0: helped a lot when she came back about a year ago turned heel but then after being featured in the raw women's championship picture for a while she dropped right back down the card like for a while there in late 2019 early 2020 She was nothing more than Bailey's lackey. She was no one of importance. You could have put Dana Brooke in that role and it would not have made a difference. The issue, or not the issue, actually, the the, the good thing now, what I really like about the Sasha Bailey story now compared to six, seven months ago, is that they're clearly on the same playing field, which they should be, because Bailey and Banks are two equally talented performers. A lot of people would say Sasha's better than Bailey, and I'm a big Bailey fan, and I would agree with that. I would agree that Sasha's better than Bayley. Um, but they were treating Sasha like a complete afterthought. Now, not all of it is WWE's fault. They have completely overlooked her for the better part of the past three to four years, I would say. Not all of that is their fault. Um, she has gotten hurt a bunch of times. She left to go film a show, I think, The Mandalorian, maybe about a year ago. Um, she was off a of SmackDown on and off. That's why she didn't wrestle for like two or three months earlier this year. She was either injured or filming or both. But ever since WrestleMania, they've really ramped up the story, revved up the story between the two, um, portraying Sasha as being not jealous of Bayley, but kind of showing interest in wanting her championship and going out there and having great matches before she wasn't really having that. She wasn't really getting those opportunities. She wasn't really in the ring much at all. She had awesome matches with Becky Lynch last year. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I mean, the tag team title reign was fine. And I think that really could have gone somewhere before they cut it short way too quickly. And that was before Sasha left. Sasha left part, in part, because of the outcome of that WrestleMania match. Now, I don't know where personally, I can't say that was the, the straw that, the, the, that broke the camel's back as far as Sasha leaving for a while. But it definitely played a factor in her departure. Her temporary departure was the fact that they dropped the, the ball on that tact in title reign for it being like a month or two long. But anyway, so, uh, yeah, no, no, it's cool to see Sasha finally getting more opportunities, and and not everyone's the biggest Sasha fan. Oh, you can't really say she's overexposed or overpushed. I don't love the fact that they're on all three shows just because I don't want them to get overexposed because I will say that they do have – the probably one of if not the best story going in the company right now. Mm-hmm. Sasha and Bailey that is. Right. So I don't want to see them I don't want to see WWE run it into the ground by featuring them on Raw and NXT and SmackDown every single week. But they have a good thing going and I can't deny that at all. Um Sasha specifically, she's definitely in her element as a heel, which is why I'm kind of worried slash disappointed that they might be turning her into a baby face soon for the feud with Bailey. You're not going to turn Bailey into a face. That's not really what the story calls for. So that's the issue. Like, one of them has to turn. Maybe Sasha's more of a tweener. Um, I think that might be the right role for her, because people probably want to cheer her anyway, and it's not that they're, not like there's crowds anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, I think that the turning point was the heel turn, and then probably WrestleMania, because I think a lot of people thought she would win the championship of WrestleMania it didn't. And it's his tension between Bailey and Sasha going into the match, in the match itself. And then ever since then, they've been doing some great work and also winning the tag team titles. Those tag team titles meant nothing and they still don't mean a lot. But being in the possession of Banks and Bailey, defending them multiple times, having very good matches, developing their characters, cutting great promos, just overall being entertaining has helped their cause and the tag team titles, you know, tenfold. It's been a lot of fun to watch.
1: And that's why I know, you know, we'll do. The preview for Extreme Rules, I think next week or whatever. Um, that's why I feel like when she lost to Io Shirai because of the interference from Asuka, I think if you don't put the belt on her now, with her being tag champion and all, she's on Raw, on SmackDown, on NXT. Um, but then again, this. Nah, you know, you know what. Bayley's a SmackDown champion, but she's still on Raw anyway because of the tag title stuff. So now, why not why not put the belt on Sasha at Extreme Rules while you have this whole storyline going on? Because now, if you lose to Io Shirai and then Oscar back to back, then it's like, all right, what the fuck are we doing here? So uh, that's why I feel like She's gonna win the belt. I guess Oscar. Oscar again. She had the belt at the WrestleMania. It's been a couple of months, and again, I know it's different. The ratings, the fans. I, I, you can't really tell how, how much of an impact you you have at as a champion, and, and the same goes for uh, Drew McIntyre. But it's like Sasha and Bailey are the hottest thing going on right now. You got to put the belt on her because now it'll mean more with her and the antics, and and, and she's on every every show. Do you feel like? they'll drop the ball even more if she doesn't win the belt from Oscar at Extreme Rules. No, not at all, because she shouldn't win. Um, I think Oscar
0: can tell her own story with the Raw Women's Division. Sasha officially is not part of the Raw Women's Division, so she shouldn't be winning the championship anyway. Uh-huh. I like the match a lot. I, I d- Did we do a show last week? I think we did, right, about this whole thing? I believe so, yeah. I think so. So what I was going to say was that I don't really want to you know, copy exactly what I said last week, but I like the idea of an Oscar sasha match. I really do, just because uh-huh. it makes sense. They have the tag titles. Bailey's the SmackDown Women's Champion. They want all the gold, so it makes sense for her to go after Asuka. Um, Asuka should be facing... A bigger opponent at SummerSlam. I, I love Sasha. Obviously, Sasha, that's a SummerSlam-worthy match. But it's clearly a filler feud, and the feud so far has been well done. They built Sasha in with She pinned Asuka in Monday's main event, which is something not a lot of people can claim that they've done is pinned Asuka. Um, I don't think Bailey's ever pinned Asuka. Charlotte has. Becky's, I think, submitted her or pinned her. Um, so other, a lot of other people can't say that. So it's cool that Sasha now can. But um, anyway, so they're clearly just waiting until they get to Bailey and Sasha, it, which has to be at SummerSlam. And I know people are saying, oh, they could drag this out for another six months and wait until WrestleMania, wait until there's fans. If there weren't going to be fans there for Drew McIntyre's title win, I don't give a shit if there's fans there for Sasha and Bailey. Now, listen, it would help a lot. It would have been cool if it was in Boston, which is where – you know it's it's right near us, and we yeah. were talking about you know me going and potentially you going a while ago. That looks com- like it's completely off the table at this point and probably should be given the current circumstances in the country right now. Um, it, it sucks, but you can't wait another six months. I mean, look at the people that Bailey. She's beaten literally everyone in that women's division on SmackDown, except for Mandy Rose and Sonya. And I don't think Bailey's facing them either, any of them, or either of them anytime soon. Uh, she's beaten Nikki Cross multiple times, and I'm looking forward to the match, but she's already beaten Nikki Cross. So why would I care about Bailey and Nikki Cross again in the upcoming pay-per-view? She's beaten Carmella. She's beaten Dana Brooke. She's beaten Tamina, for God's sakes. When you have to get to Tamina as a title challenger, that's when you know you're really scraping the bottom <laughs> of the barrel right there for championship challengers. So they've got to move on, dude. They've had Bailey beat literally everybody, uh-huh. and Sasha's got to become champion, so... So, um, I don't think they're dropping the ball with Sasha if she loses at Extreme Rules. I expect her to lose. She should lose. Oscar's only been champion for two months. Sasha doesn't need to be on Raw. They have more than enough women on Raw to make up for Charlotte not being there and Becky as well. Bianca comes to mind and Shayna comes to mind. I guess they soured on both of them because they haven't been on the show in months. Yeah. But they better start fucking pushing them because I think them versus Asuka, either one of them versus Asuka, would be a very intriguing match for SummerSlam. That was my idea. I want to hold out, yeah. You know, I, I want I, I, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt and thinking, okay, they're doing Sasha and Asuka now because they're going to have something big in mind for Asuka at SummerSlam, of course, mm. and it won't be Charlotte because she might be out until then or they already did the match on Raw, so I'm not really sure why you would do a rematch, but I'm hoping it's Shayna. Because if it's not Shayna, who else do you go with as a championship challenger? Nia Jax has already lost twice. And Bianca, they got to get her right back on TV. So mm-hmm. um, it's, a, it's a weird situation right now, but I think they're telling the story very
1: well between the
0: Sasha, Bailey and Asuka angle going on right now.
1: But then again, real quick, I, I feel like it would make – I mean, both sides make sense for, for Sasha to win and then for her not to win because now it puts her in a, in a spot where She wants to be this two two belts boss person, and she can't. So eventually, she's she's still gonna see Bailey as the champion, and knowing that that's her best friend with tag champions, Mm -hmm. but she'll be like this jealous person of of Bailey because she got two belts and she doesn't. So they can kind of prolong this thing a little further, where like, listen, man, if I can't be asking for the second belt. I got no choice but to go up against you and I don't give a shit and we're gonna get it on one on one. So I, I see both sides. Um you mentioned Shayna. She hasn't been on the show for quite some time. I read somewhere that Vince's uh is is iffy on um, being a fan of her, uh her style, uh the whole MMA stuff, and it's weird because she was just in, the, in you know in a prime match against Becky at WrestleMania. And I think, you know, your idea of Shayna and Oscar going at it will be kind of cool and fun. And then you have Sasha and Bailey on the other side for for that title. So uh, I did see that. I mentioned I saw all the thing about Kyrie Saints some shit about either she's leaving or she's coming back. Bro, I don't know what's going on with her, but you probably know more than I do. Yeah, I'm
0: not really sure. So Sean Rassap, was usually a great source for this type of stuff, mm. reported a while ago that her status was kind of up in the air because she hasn't been on Raw in a while. She's been injured a few times, right. not because of her own fault, but because of fucking Nia Jax. who is was fucking terrible. But uh, anyway, so with Kyrie saying the belief earlier this year was that her and Io Shirai were being scouted by stardom being offered a lot of money to go back to Japan, probably more, definitely more money than they're making now. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Um, Just because Io Shirai is definitely working on a a developmental deal in NXT. Kairi is saying, I don't know if she's still being paid the same amount that she was in NXT or more now. Either way, the stardom offer, I'm sure, would blow that out of the water. Just because it's WWE doesn't mean they're going to be offering them the entire world. Um, You know, I'm not really surprised to see that they're being offered more money elsewhere. I don't think Io Shirai is leaving. I just don't get that sense. Why would they put the championship on her if they thought she was leaving? Um, I find that very hard to believe. She's doing great work right now. Kyrie Hussain is also amazing. Mm-hmm. The thing with Kyrie Sane is that nothing they have done with her, aside from some of the Kabuki Warriors stuff when they were tag team champions, has given me any inclination to believe that they view her as a top talent in that division. I already said, like, oh, Asuka versus Shane or Bianca at SummerSlam would be cool. To be quite honest with you, dude, I completely forgot about Kyrie Sane. That's so much of a non-factor <laughs> she has been on that show for a long time now. Raw, SmackDown, whatever. She's been Asuka's... Little buddy. They're not on the same level as far as storyline is concerned. Um, as far as talent is concerned, absolutely. They're on the same playing level. Kyrie Sane might be even better than Asuka herself, and that's saying something. I, I don't know if she's sticking around. I thought she would. That was my guess. I thought mm-hmm. they would both stay. But the fact that she's not on TV right now and they've shown no – They've given no inclination of like that they're going to be bringing her back for a major feud or doing anything with her. The fact she's not with Oscar right now, I guess, isn't too telling because Oscar doing her own thing. But that's the thing, Oscar doesn't need her anymore. So then, does Kyrie Sane become like the Raw Women's Division jobber? Like, I'm not really sure what you do with her. So, right. I mean, I would have her like go heel or something and face Oscar at SummerSlam. I think that'd be sick. But I'm not really sure if they're headed in that direction. So I'm not sure what the status on her. um, uh, I'm not sure what the update is on her status of the company. I guess we'll find out in due time. But there is a good chance that she might be leaving the company in the not too distant future.
1: Uh, Last one before I let you go. You know, I have to bring it up. So um, what was it? Two days ago, I see a picture of Sting on a bicycle. Blonde hair. Somebody tweets it out. And uh, Sting quotes, tweets that 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 picture, and it says, uh, "Who wants to take a last ride with Sting?" So of course, when fans see last ride, oh shit, Undertaker! Oh, it's confirmed, he's coming back. we have a match him. Then the whole internet starts buzzing. So I know we spoke about this uh, probably after Mania about like if Taker was to do. One more boneyard, or if if a boneyard match was to happen again, who would it be? I know I know we we, we mentioned Sting, but now again, Sting could just be fucking around with people. He could be trolling, just having fun. But again, there could be the possibility of that if Taker was to have one more match. Cause he didn't he, he did not say I'm done. I'm retiring officially. The, could the possibility of an Undertaker at 55 against Sting, who's almost 60? In some in some sort of uh, cinematic match, uh, what do you take of the tweet that Sting sent out about who wants to take a last ride with Sting, and do you put any any merit to it?
0: Not really, uh, not really. I mean, I think it'd be cool. I'm a big Sting guy. I think it'd be cool to see him in another match. I'll be under the right circumstances. With mm-hmm. you know, that being said, not like a formal match. I think the ship sailed on Taker and Sting one on one in a formal match years ago. That being said, a cinematic match. That was my first thought too. When when you know the question came about right after WrestleMania with you and other people, when people were bringing up, oh, who else would you want to see in a cinematic match? I said Taker and Sting. That's the match I've always wanted to see. I think in that environment, it would be perfect. The issue is that Taker's retirement was so perfect. Quote-unquote retirement was so well done with that episode of The Last Ride last week or two weeks ago, whatever, with him saying, oh, I wrestled my last match, blah, blah, blah. Um, I just I wouldn't go back on that I wouldn't have him say oh you know uh, just kidding like I'm here for one more match maybe if it was with AJ Styles and he put Styles over and like they have it in the ring maybe and then Styles can kind of carry him to a good match otherwise I just don't have any desire to see Taker in another match maybe with Sting in a cinematic match but that AJ one was so perfect I'm not sure if anything can top it and for what? I mean, Sting just comes back to lose. Like, I don't really know what at this point what purpose that would serve. So, I mean, at the time, I didn't really get the feeling that that was Taker's final match. But if it was, then I really don't want him to come back for anyone except for maybe AJ. And that goes for Sting, too. I just don't really see Taker and Sting being a possibility because I feel like if they were going to do it, then they would have cleared him by now. I guess you could say the same thing for Edge, though, that they could have cleared him a lot earlier than they did. But still, I don't know. I I feel like that's him just trying to get people talking, which he's been known to do over the years. So I wouldn't put a lot of merit to it personally.
1: Oh, come on, Graham. You're supposed to be hyped for this. You're supposed to be typing up a nice article about and Undertaker one last ride in a last ride boneyard match. Come on, man. Come on, man.
0: <laughs> Listen, if, they happen, if it was announced tomorrow for SummerSlam or some shit like that, I would probably be excited. I'm not saying that I would hate the idea. If it was announced tomorrow, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, dude, this fucking sucks. Like, I think it'd be cool if they made the most of it. What I'm saying is that I just don't think it's going to happen. That's my two cents. The fact that he's not under a Legends deal anymore is kind of telling. That kind of tells me, like, first of all, they don't do anything with Sting. That blows my mind. The guy's been there for how many years now, like, under contract since he first came in six years ago? They've done jack squat with this guy since he retired five years ago. They put him in the Hall of Fame, which was cool. But he's made maybe one appearance on Raw in that time. Like, that doesn't make it. It's, just, it's fucking Sting. Like, you can make money off the masks and the shirts and It just doesn't make any sense. But um, I don't see it happening in WWE. I don't see it happening in AEW. I know that was a question a couple of months ago. Like, oh, is he gone from WWE? Would he go to AEW? Yeah, maybe as a manager, which would be kind of cool. Or as like a backstage producer. But as an in-ring competitor, I don't see it. They don't need him. There's no match that really stands out aside from maybe the Taker one. And that would be in WWE. But again, the timing is all off. Because I think Taker's done. He should be done. And if he's not, it should not be for another match against Sting. Again, if it was announced, I think it'd be really cool, especially if they made the most of it and it wasn't a shit show. But I just don't think that's on the table at all.
1: Right. Um, I think that was pretty much it for the week, right? Nothing else to really bring up. Which is good. Yeah, I think that's kind of <laughs> everything. But it's it's a good thing just because the
0: last couple of weeks have been, again, a fucking shit show with the whole speaking out thing that happened and then um, the COVID shit that happened last week. Oh, man, it's been just a nightmare for the last couple of weeks in terms of covering negative news from this, from, from specifically WWE, but the entire industry on the whole. So thankfully, we had a bit of a down week, and I thought the two shows this week – put a lot of people in a good mood coming off of NXT and Fighter right. Fest so hopefully the second half of the year of
1: 2020 looks a lot better than the first half as far as pro, uh, you know, professional wrestling is concerned uh, you can follow Graham Matthews on Twitter at WrestleRant great stuff for Bleacher Report and fan cited Daily DDT you can follow me at Randy J. Cruz R-E-N-D-Y the letter j-c-r-u-z soundcloud spotify itunes for the cruise control podcast network which features this podcast two out of three falls graham always remember that nine hundred thousand is better than 645,000. oh 100 percent, dude <laughs> nxt
0: one i will hear nothing else about it nxt one on wednesday and they're gonna win again this wednesday and if they don't then i will eat my hat because i would be very shocked if more people tune in to watch lance archer versus joey janela and I like me some Lance Archer, but Joey Janela, I just don't give two shits about that guy at all. Right. Um, over Keith Lee and Adam Cole, you'd be a fool to not be watching what should be an epic main event. Exactly. Uh, AEW to hold this L. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's it's cool to see them exchanging wins, and, yeah. and AEW has won so much now that I've come to expect it. Exactly. But it's cool to see NXT getting some shown some love now too. So uh, yeah, that's what we need. If it's, is it really a war? If AEW wins all the time. Right. It's So it's not really a war to begin with, but it's cool to see them going back and forth. And hopefully we have similar um, success with the ratings in the weeks ahead.
1: Listen, man, last last point. Do you really think Jericho, that tweet was him being for real or he was kind of like fucking around with people? I think a bit of both. I mean, the guy does this all the
0: time. I mean, he he's, he, he rides the AW train as he should. He's like the face of their promotion. He does ah. this all the time to get people talking. Like when, when Sasha and Bailey were on Twitter saying that, oh, we're the best tag team, Chris Jericho's like, oh, you know you're not. Like sex gods are like me and Sammy Guevara are. Um, so yeah, that's, that. that's what he does. He just goes back and forth with people. I think he actually does believe that, but I think he's putting it out there and like, Hey, you know, we actually won ba 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 because he wants to get people talking and debating and whining and crying because he can work the marks better than anyone. So I think Jericho's just being Jericho, which is cool. Right.
1: Graham Matthews, my man. Thank you. And I appreciate it. Thank you, Randy. I'll talk to you next week. All right, man. Take it easy. All right. You too. Adios. All right.